0: on the Empire Podcast this week we go green as the Hulk himself Mr Mark Ruffalo drops by to talk about his new film Spotlight plus there's usual news and nonsense on the movie podcast that frankly couldn't think of anything for this bit this week so we're just going to leave a little bit of silence for you to fill in yourself
1: probably long enough
0: did you see the game last night? which game? the game
1: oh sure yeah that one yeah. good game yeah
0: yeah, I think you're right. That's Love Michael Douglas. That's long enough. <sighs> Hello, pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to the Empire Podcast. Uh, just a few more shows until we hit episode 200. I'm very excited <gasps> about it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be amazing. Uh, tickets are now on sale for our live recording jamboree at the Prince Charles Cinema on February 24th. Show begins at eight thirty, giving you plenty of time to get from work to the uh, the PCC. Tickets on sale now at the Prince Charles website, PrinceCharlesCinema.com dot com. They're ten pounds each. That's that's a bargain for what we're going to present to you on February twenty fourth. We have no idea what we're going to present to you on February twenty fourth, <laughs> but it's going to be awesome. It will be awesome, and it will definitely be for people at a table, uh, which is worth ten pounds of anyone's money. I would say, uh, if you're a Hollywood megastar and you want to appear on the show, do drop me a line. <laughs> Uh, subject heading Cruise, I think would be a good one to start. Um, all right, this week I'm joined by two colleagues of such lethal cunning. First, we have Empire's Soundtrack Supremo, a lady who was horrified when the composer of The Dark Knight and 12 Years a Slave was arrested for a crime he didn't commit. Yes, it was a simmer frame.
2: Oh, it was. It's,
0: it's Emma Thrower.
2: It was Williams. Oh. Williams. 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 <laughs> definitely I just oh, oh, you us. could see that joke know, coming but there was I no know. way to escape it I know I could have I could have laughed couldn't I, you, I just, you know, yeah I would, no, I would you advise did the right a bit of pissy I would advise
0: it second but not least you've heard her already is our geek queen a lady who visited New York last week and got caught in the biggest whiteout since the Oscar nominations it's oh. a little bit of satire for you there a little bit of pointed Ooh, yeah take that academy uh-huh. Yeah. It's Helen O'Hara. Hello.
1: Hello, yes, I am I am back in One Piece Good. from New York where I was indeed snowed in.
0: You were snowed, it snowed in, snowed but you weren't Edward Snowden based no. on the subject I, of the forthcoming.
1: I I I I wasn't no. no I, I can't claim to have.
0: Did you want to build a snowman?
1: Um, I did, but it wasn't very sticky snow, so um, it, it wasn't sticking together well for the snowballs. Ah.
0: Snow never bothered you anyway. I've, I've heard.
1: That's true. That's it was true. honestly, it was it was absolutely brilliant. And I went to see Hamilton, which um, regular listeners will know I've been wanging on about for months. So really, yeah. Yeah.
0: Have I, you? I, I I've, I've not noticed. You haven't noticed. Okay. No, I'm no. too all busy right, wanging then. on about Event Horizon. <laughs> in the meantime, an Event Horizon musical would be amazing.
2: Oh my goodness.
0: Do you say? Do you say? And then everyone would go.
2: Ah, he's got no one. Okay. I think you just cast um, Matt Berry in the main part there, for that, <laughs> I mean
0: that would be amazing, Matt Berry. <laughs> Helen, um, last week, mm-hmm. so very good news. You were appointed yes. Empire's editor at large. Yes. Now, for the yeah. folk, uh, folks at home, the folk at home. Hello, uh, our <laughs> listener. What is an editor at large? Because I've been editor at large as well, and I didn't have a clue what it was. Mm. Uh, so, what is it?
1: As I understand it, and I may not. Uh, it's a glorified freelance role. So you're still essentially a freelancer. You don't have to come into the office every day, mm-hmm. nine to five, well, mm-hmm. nine to six. Um, well, ten to six for most of you, let's be honest. <laughs> mm. So I don't have to do that. Uh, but I do, you know, get to hang out with you on occasion and and say, hello, I'm from Empire.
0: So a, a good analogy right. would be that you are like Beast in the Avengers. So... Like no, more. It's more of a reservist. Okay, you're like Wolverine in the X Men, so or like are like
1: Spider Man in the Avengers. Yeah,
0: you're a member of the team. <laughs> yes, but you can come and go as you please to investigate your dark. And mysterious yeah,
1: quest. I, it's like I definitely have my own
2: solo series. Yes, like, definitely. And the only question is like how often I <laughs> I drop by
0: <laughs> the Helen <in> Adventures.
2: <laughs> Do you have your own post credits sting as well? Oh, it's amazing. Do you? Yeah, can't wait to see it. Oh, it's so good.
0: Wowzers. Okay. <laughs> Right, yeah, that's my understanding as well. Weirdly enough, whenever I was editor at large, I was based in the office. Right. Uh, so I just took the job to mean that I just should get progressively larger, which <laughs> I I did with aplomb.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, having spent an entire weekend in New York, I too have become larger <laughs> since getting the role. Uh, Clinton Street Bakery breakfasts highly recommended.
0: Okay, where's that again?
1: That's Clinton Street.
0: Clinton Street. Yes. Okay. All right. This week's question comes from email. Uh, it's from Logan Jane Nicholson, uh, who says, Hello, Pod. Uh, how rude. Uh, what is the best movie to feature no humans at all? Project X. Moving on.
1: <laughs> That's the best. You just said that was the best something.
0: That's true. That mm. is
1: not a, a position I ever thought I'd hear you take.
0: That is true. Wow. Okay. Sorry. I- I, oh, God. I've, yeah. I've ripped myself into a corner here. <laughs> you
1: have. I had real trouble with this because I started thinking about things and then, like, inevitably they all had, like, a Human somewhere in them. I was like Bambi. No
2: wait,
0: yeah. humans. Yes.
2: Um, the Lion King, though. Lion oh, stole this- yes. oh, my. No, it's true. It's the right answer. I think it might be the right answer. It's animals doing Hamlet. Yeah.
0: Boom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to be or not to be a bee. You know. It, it,
0: it, there's a, a, no, probably th- not. We
2: miss the bees in the Lion King.
0: Yeah. There's. There's. Um, okay. So are you saying that this this has to be an animated movie?
2: No. No, but it's hard to find anything that's. Even the animated ones are hard to find because, I yeah. mean, you've got the first half of Wally. Well, first two thirds, I guess. Third? Sure. Part of Wally doesn't have humans <laughs> <laughs> in it. Large stretches of Wally. Absolutely. Yeah. I think Robin Hood. Robin Hood doesn't have any, but trying to think of other ones. Robin Hood, though, is cheating because they're all acting like people. Yeah. You know, but actually. they all talk animated yeah. films, so aren't they all acting slightly mm. like people? I suppose. More so, obviously, in Robin Hood, though. Yeah. Hmm.
1: It's quite tough. I feel like we're missing, like, many exciting, you know, yeah.
2: things. When I was looking last night, I found this really cool website which just shows you films without people in it. But as in, their films with people in, but they've taken... The people out. Yeah, they've mm. just taken the scenes without people. Mm. It's really, really weird. Oh, that sounds fun. It's beautiful. It's really, really eerie. I guess there's films like The Bear. Were there people in The Bear? I can't remember. I think it may have been People Free. It's a massive list of animations. You've got Cars, Cars oh, Two, yeah. Robin Hood, Dinosaur, yeah. Bugs Life, Lion King.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Cars, definitely. Cars is Chicken uh, Little, the the best. <laughs> Does a Dark Crystal have any humans in it? Oh, apparently, Dark. See, I've have n- never seen it, but what? I found
2: that answer yesterday.
0: All right. So, oh, this is interesting. You were doing so, some research, of course, and you came to the table with the Lion King.
2: Well, yeah, it's okay. again, it's animals doing Hamlet, Chris.
0: it is indeed animals doing Hamlet there's no doubt about that (laughs) Um, taking
2: up claws against a sea of troubles see I was going (laughs) to come on very nice very nice that's right
0: (laughs) did you say to be or not to be earlier on I did but I forget about that one this one was uh, much better you redeemed yourself as well
2: it was probably with
1: an E
0: yeah Uh, I've got a good one yeah I'm using Hamlet quote but reconfigured to include animals
1: oh, Okay, that, that is incredible Chris and oh. I think
0: I said that in iambic pentameter as well which is <laughs> which is pretty amazing I was going to be a smart arse and say Star Wars because technically yeah. speaking yep. they're not human beings right surely they're not I mean, earthlings Han, Solo, Han Solo's not Karelian. Yeah. but he does say in uh, A New Hope especially in the Reconfigured one when he meets Jabba in that dreadful added scene mm. he goes Jabba you're a wonderful human being because of course Jabba was originally played by yeah. a Scotsman uh, by a Scotsman, uh, by a Scotsman. <laughs> just a random Scotsman <laughs> that they had passing the set hand me baby. So
1: is that what Scotsman said
0: huh. bring Captain Solo to me oh wait that's, that's Boba Muckfett. I don't know what's <laughs> happening this is... See, this, I'm blaming Emma Thrower for this question. because me? I Yes.
2: Oh, yeah, actually, okay.
0: Because I said... I ran this question past you guys yesterday and said, can we tackle this question? And you said, Emma Thrower, yes, I can tackle this question.
2: I said, yes, I love this cue, I think was the actual quote. <laughs> I did, I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I went to go home, you know, mm-hmm. did a bit of research.
0: Okay, all right. What about March of the Penguins? Does that have humans in oh, it? Oh,
2: don't get me started. Well, does a narrator count? No. Not in it, so... No, no, not no. on screen, because then
1: all the animations would be out, because they all have human voices.
2: Yeah. But
1: doesn't March the Penguins, I think you see some of the documentary crew, sometimes, maybe. Anyway, also, <laughs> March the Penguins <laughs> is rubbish. I won't move from this stance, you know this, Chris.
0: I do know this, but um, but there you go. Uh,
1: surf's but, up, that would be a better answer. <laughs> surf's up, we could agree on, but Surf. not March the Penguins.
0: Surf's up? Really?
1: Surf's up, really. Okay.
0: Well, well, yeah, it's, it's just animated films It's so it Jeff feels, Bridges
1: uh, as a as a surfing penguin How do, how do you not yeah, love that?
0: It just feels a bit limited now Anomalisa, that's coming out soon And that, technically speaking, doesn't have any humans in it It has humans playing puppets The lead one, which looks scarily like Nicholas Lindhurst
1: <laughs> you I, so right. I think it looks like Brent Spiner
0: Wow okay like no, a it's, lot it's, like Brink it's Lindhurst all the way it's I mean, Lindhurst all the way alright so we've, we've we've flunked this question spectacularly uh, apologies but it is it's 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 Lion King I guess it's a good film but is it as good as Cars yes and you have to ask yourself is it as good we, as Cars too? are we yes.
2: having this conversation
0: is it as good as Cars
2: <laughs> I don't know
0: I mean this is this has been discussed before at great length but Cars is the freakiest Pixar film by a long stretch of the imagination because it just you, either humanity is enslaved mm-hmm or dead.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, uh, takes place, but you imagine many thousands of years in the future. So many unanswered questions from cars.
1: How do they reproduce?
0: How do they reproduce? How, How do they build they things? Reproduce? How
2: do they have fine motor skills? Just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Who
0: builds the buildings in which the cars live?
2: Mm. Who watches the watchmen?
0: <laughs> who cars the carsmen? <laughs> it's, it's it's so freaky. It's so freaky, and for that reason. I'm going to stick with my original answer, which is Project X. Um, <laughs> Thanks so right. much, Chris. If you want to have a question, treat it with respect on the mm. Empire podcast, uh, then do send it in. Uh, <laughs> to another ap- podcast. <laughs> Apologise to Logan J. Nicholson. That wasn't good. But it's a limited, uh, limited options. Last week, by the way, uh, I said on the show that I think we pretty much covered all the films that had years in the title. I challenged the listeners to come up with something. And of course they did. 71. Mm-hmm. the Jack O'Connell movie that came out uh, 1492 of Conquest
1: of Paradise already said it oh okay oh, already I already
0: said it but 71 yeah that's a good film that is a good film it was the, uh, the apostrophe that, that threw me oh. um, damn apostrophes <laughs> I
1: love apostrophes yeah Big you gotta
0: fan. you gotta love them uh, I had an apostrophe catastrophe Send in your question we're on Twitter at Empire Magazine use the hashtag Empire Podcast we are on Facebook as Empire Magazine and you can email us as Logan Jane Nicholson did much to his regret podcast at EmpireOnline.com. So what's movie news? What what's, What is movie news? What is
1: movie news? What is mm. movie news? Well, there is one story this week.
0: One story Eddie this the Eagle, week. There's, yep. there's quite a few stories, but there's one okay. story that
1: caught my eye for reasons that will immediately become <laughs> clear. Eddie the Eagle had a, a surprise screening at Sundance. went on very well because it was a very warm and cuddly and lovely film. And Hugh Jackman, uh, one of the stars, was there to support it and was asked about a third Wolverine film while <gasps> he was at it.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And he said... We have a script. We have a full script. Um, he got it two days before this day he was talking about it. And uh, it's super close. And his facial hair is getting towards Wolverine levels. <laughs> People, set your facial hair alarms to Wolverine. because I don't, it I don't have a facial hair alarm.
0: That doesn't exist.
1: Well, it, I mean, maybe it should. Anyway, so it doesn't have an official title yet. It does have James Mangold back on directing duties. Michael Green is writing the script. There's no firm start date, but it seems to be soon. So, Wolverine, coming at you. That's,
0: that's, that's, that's exciting, it's I guess. It's good. That's good. <laughs>
1: Come on. It's good. No, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, Wolverine.
0: Okay. No, yeah, I'm, I'm excited by that. Um, it's going to be, <laughs> it just didn't seem to, it's not, not, it's not a huge advancement on what we already Well, knew. no, but
1: Wolverine. Yeah. Wolverine. But, but facial <laughs> With the vest air. and the tags and the hair. Okay. <laughs> And the fest.
0: And the fest, specifically the fest. You're right, Helen. So, um, Helen, you were snowed in last week. There was a lot of snow where you were in New York, but uh, there's also a lot of snow in Sundance. So that's where our intrepid Sundance guru, Damon Wise, is at the moment. Keeping on top of the big films to emerge from Park City, Utah. So... There's lots of interesting things that are coming out of Sundance that people should be keeping an eye on. I think over the next, uh, uh, well, probably t- it takes sometimes uh, almost a year for Sundance movies to mm, hit the does. UK. But uh, some very very interesting ones. So there's yeah, the- I can't wait yeah. to see
2: Birth of a Nation. That sounds incredible. Yep. Yeah. And and uh, you know to bring it down a notch, I mean, Farty is- Daniel Radcliffe.
0: Farty Daniel Radcliffe, which is not the name of a film, but there's a film <laughs> in which he plays a farty corpse, is that right? Swiss Army Man. But Helen, tell us about Birth of a Nation.
1: This is the Nate Parker film. He literally wrote directs produces stars as Nat Turner who was a leader of one of the largest slave rebellions in 19th century America and basically it's got I think it sold for something like 17.5 million dollars they actually turned down a bigger offer from Netflix because he wanted to it to go to the big screen or Amazon I can't remember who. and it's just gotten I think universal praise basically at this point it's supposed to be a very very tough watch they're comparing it to 12 years a slave and Schindler's List so you know not probably your feel-good Friday night hit but it does sound absolutely amazing. And it sounds like the 2017 Oscar race starts here, basically. So, yeah, can't wait yeah. to see that one.
2: Yeah, that was Netflix. But that's interesting, isn't it? That's huge.
0: Yeah. Also, i been thrust. And this is always interesting because I'm trying to think how many movies have actually emerged from Sundance in recent years to still be standing when the Oscar conversation mm. Well, Boyhood would year. have
2: been the first one to win. Uh, and Brooklyn was there
1: last year. I don't think it's likely to win Best Picture, but it's in the mm. mix. So, uh, fair play. And also um, we should mention as well uh, Manchester by the Sea that's the Casey Affleck drama and that was picked up I believe by Amazon but it's already being talked about also for Oscars 2017 especially for Casey Affleck himself. But it's always really good to see a Kenneth Lonergan film because he doesn't make enough of them Mm. and sometimes they get kind of shuffled to one side in the distribution schedule so I'm very excited to be seeing that at some point in the future. Indeed.
0: Ever been to Sundance? Anyone? No, sadly no. No. no.
1: I've been to Utah. It's very beautiful.
0: Really? Mm. Snowy or were you there? I was
1: there in like September so it was warm and sunny.
0: Ah, okay.
1: But some of the most incredible national parks you'll ever see. Everybody visit Utah. <laughs>
0: Interesting. What else should we talk about? Let's talk about Harrison Ford who is, uh, has been roped in to give people a preview of Star Wars Lands which is the big <laughs> Star Wars theme park that's being developed at Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resorts, it says here. New details of the ambitious plans to bring Star Wars to life will be revealed during the wonderful world of Disney, Disneyland 60, which is airing in the States on Sunday 21st of February. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this theme park. I'm more looking forward to Harrison Ford l- trying to look enthusiastic about the theme park. <laughs> that's he could gonna- be
1: enthusiastic.
0: Uh, we don't uh, know. Here's a... Here's a thing. and ugh.
1: Listen, it could be that, you know, formative experiences of his life happened on the It's a Small World ride. We don't know. Mm. It could be that he is <laughs> the biggest fan of Disney parks that there is.
2: Yeah, I reckon he loves a roller coaster. I can see him loving a roller coaster. Yeah, Unlike Fabio. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I just wonder how many people he'd like. Can you imagine them on a roller coaster pointing when the camera comes around and he's just pointing the finger angrily at the camera? That'd be amazing. Just imagine
2: <laughs> imagine him sitting on the cantina teacup ride. <laughs> oh, that's a lovely idea. Um, also, in Harrison Ford News,
1: there was word of Blade Runner this mm-hmm. week. The Blade Runner sequel mm-hmm. uh, is going to start shooting in July. So it's it's still, still happening. It's been cooking for a while. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of hope, well... That maybe that's strong. But you kind of think maybe if you ignore it, it'll go away, and, and, and it hasn't. So, um.
0: Why, 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 why would you want to ignore it? I
1: just feel like I don't need it. Having it said has, that, it does have Denis Villeneuve
0: it does. directing,
1: which is exciting. Yes. Hampton Fancher and Michael Green wrote the script. Mm hmm. I mean, I should it be really excited. It has the on DP. Oh, well, no, that's interesting. You know, he's, so it's going to look good.
0: He's dropping yeah. his lens like a pro. I believe that's what DP doing. I don't
1: think they drop lenses. I think that's fine.
0: <laughs> okay. Ryan so Gosling's a He's aboard in there. Well. Ryan Gosling's a I mean, I've heard the script is very good.
1: Every, I just, you know, maybe it's one of these things that when I see it, I'm going to be like, all is forgiven. This is amazing. This is... Better than the original. It's it's even better than the original. I just I just don't know that I need it. But having said that, I hope for the best. So And it, certainly, yes, you're right. All those people are pretty awesome.
0: Some other quick bits of news to just talk about very, very quickly. Some news this week, TV news. So let's first talk about Stephen Fry joining the cast of Yonderland, the brilliant yes. Yonderland for Series 3. Uh, it's a British television show, so I'm going to call it a Series 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> very excited about that. I can't think of a better fit for that world and those characters and that saney brand of humour that the Yonderland slash Horrible History slash Bill team have. If you haven't seen Yonderland, it's a sky show. It's basically Monty Python meets (laughs) the Dark Crystal meets, I don't even know, it's just demented but fun and sweet, and it's about a lady who goes to a fantasy land, parallel dimension called Yonderland, and there she meets lots of weird and wonderful characters and puppets and all sorts. And it's brilliantly inventive and very, very funny. Awesome. So do check that out. Stephen Fry will be a good fit. And um, also, there's a spin off of 24 coming called 24 Legacy, which won't star Kiefer Sutherland or Jack Bauer, but will star Corey Hawkins, who isn't straight out of Compton. Straight oh, out right. of Com- straight, He was in Straight Out of Compton. Straight out
2: of Compton. Out of Compton. <laughs> That's how they all spoke in that film, right? I believe so, yeah.
0: <laughs> straight out of Compton. So he's going to be playing a guy called Eric Carter. Uh, he's going to get involved Isn't... in all sorts of stuff.
1: No way. I was thinking of Eric Carter. Different,
0: <laughs>
1: Different show. Don't worry about it. Carry on. Um, hey, also in TV news, um, there are a couple of other stories. Uh, Del Ro- Roy Lindo, speaking of spinoffs, is going to be in a spinoff from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D so marvel's most wanted yes. is being set up and it already has adrian Palicki as mockingbird and uh, nick blood as Lance hunter so he will be kind of leading the team as dominic fortune this
0: feels this feels <laughs> yeah like one spin off too far for me
1: i mean it, this one could work because i think listen i think particularly adrian Palicki is brilliant and i think she's been Kind of at the point where she should have her own TV show for quite some time. Obviously, they tried with Wonder Woman, that didn't so much with the work, but this one could be it. And and the the dynamic with her and him in Shield is great. So I think I think Delroy Lindo for me, mix that's got to be a good call.
0: Delroy Lindo is fantastic. I didn't know he was British born. I, I found hmm. it out this week, um, which is interesting. He was in a cricket movie a few years ago. Perhaps he has a love of cricket. Don't know why I'm talking about that. But anyway, <laughs> it's um, I worry about the proliferation of superhero shows on TV. Not that I watched them all. But you have Ace of <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, Daredevil, Jessica Jones. You've got another Daredevil coming soon, which is, you know, we're very, very excited about it. It's got then got The Punisher is going to be introduced in that. And there's talk about a Punisher spin-off, which is mm-hmm. great. But yep, There's Luke, got Cage, Luke Cage. Second
1: season of Jessica Jones has I been the And then we Somewhere. haven't even talked
0: about the DC stuff. So there's Supergirl. There's uh, The Flash. There's Arrow. There's Legends of Tomorrow. There's Gotham, which yep. uh, is, apparently is still on the air. Um, and <laughs> yeah. there's, there's tons of stuff.
1: How... How do you have the time? Well, you just have to prioritize. Mm-hmm. So first of all, you lose Gotham, and then you lose Supergirl. And let's be honest, Supergirl? we haven't yeah, we haven't made our mind up about Legends of Tomorrow yet, but the poster is worrying. You don't like the Supergirl? I I'll be honest, I've only seen one episode and I was a bit like, "Eh, but I might give it another chance at some point because people tell me it gets better." So, we'll see. I haven't started the Supergirl. Yet. Um, but the Agent Carter you definitely keep. Yes. She's great. Okay. And uh, you definitely keep all of the Daredevils and Jessica Jones because you just watch them in a weekend, don't you? Yeah, mm-hmm. I still Jones. What? We're just going to draw a veil I, over that. I
0: got the I got the episode six, and I really like the show. I don't love the show, but I like the show. And then the must-see-ness just kind of faded away. You have gone the literally
1: the opposite <laughs> way to everyone else in the world. But yeah,
0: well, listen, if you can, yeah. You know, Binge watch the Great British Menu, and then talk to me. <laughs> no, but I'm just, I just, I worry that this is going to be a bit too much. I mean, I know that Agents of Shield is has got a ever growing cast, and it's going to be tricky yeah. to keep the focus. And so perhaps to keep Adrian Pulicki and Nick Blood happy, they give them their own show. But then we'll, if this show does well, there'll be a spin off of that, and then another spin off. No, and,
2: it'll be fine. yeah
0: you know, so it'll we'll, all be
2: fine. Be- and then by that point, we'll probably have all got our own shows. Because if it goes that far... (laughs) Do you know what? Adam McKay
1: had a pitch about that a couple of years ago. Did he? Yeah, he seems to have abandoned it now, but he was going to make a show, a a movie, rather, about a world where everyone has their own cable show or cable channel. So it's like, you know, it's not just, will you come over for dinner? It's like, will you come over and be on my show on Saturday? And I'll come and do yours on Tuesday. His film was going to be about the canceller, because if your numbers drop below a certain level, then your show gets
2: cancelled.
0: So like Logan's Run, but for a TV.
2: Yeah, kinda. I guess. It sounded really fun, but apparently uh, it's not going to happen. The Councillor. There's, there's another, <laughs> another DC hero for you.
0: Now, uh, have you guys seen Arrow and the Flash? they Are meant to be good? I
2: have seen yeah. them, and they
1: are. They're, they're a bit up and down at times, mm-hmm. but I am, I am pro Arrow and the Flash.
0: That's good to know. I shall, <laughs> I shall put those on my list. I actually, although have I, do one. Think,
1: I, I do think, I do think you should maybe keep a shirt on occasionally. An arrow. I think that's disgraceful
0: really yeah it's very your face it. doesn't say it.
1: it's disgraceful <laughs> I, am,
2: I am horrified your by face this. is fully behind <laughs> I am, this is
0: just even right like decision to, to, to
2: I've never mentioned anything about you know shirts so I'd like to I think I'm doing well to at least give women oh okay on, on the other I'm half sorry. of the conversation this is like the first
1: time I've talked about shirtlessness it's Chris who always talks about shirtlessness <laughs>
2: I know
0: I'm just trying to justify my own in fairness
1: <laughs> and please put your pants back on Chris come on
0: <laughs> it's a very warm room, Ellen Once a month, a new empire comes out as inevitable as the death of taxes.
1: I'm not... mm,
0: I think that's the quote, Helen. Uh, So this month on the cover, covers, should I say, we have Batman versus Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice, with Batman on one cover, Superman on another cover. And then our limited edition subscribers cover. I don't know why I'm telling you this, because if you subscribe now, you won't get it. But uh, (laughs) you will get other awesome things down the line. (laughs) Is a bespoke cover. Drawn for us by the great Jim Lee of Batman first Seen Superman.
1: It is gorgeous. It's it's so cool. Really beautiful. It's very, very be nice. fresh.
0: And it's it's presented in pencil and ink only and it's it hasn't been colorized, so it's a wonderful stark black and white image. Well maybe not stark, not he's stark. the other universe. Uh but <laughs> it's a lovely striking image. Striking's is okay, isn't it? I There's no character called I mean, there probably is a a, a Pete
1: Striking somewhere, let's be honest, (laughs) at this point. He's on TV somewhere, he has his own show. What else? Well, so there's huge amounts of Batman v Superman call on Dawn of Justice coverage. There's also our coverage of High Rise, which is a film we've been very excited about for quite some time. We have The Witch in here, which is going to be one of the big horror hits, I think, of 2016. And, And one that I'm particularly excited about is the Coen Brothers piece, where I think it was mostly Owen Williams got in touch with huge numbers of Cohen collaborators to talk about what it's actually like to work with those minds, basically. And it's uh, that's yeah. really, really fascinating.
0: Including the likes of?
1: Including the likes of George Clooney, including the likes of Jeff Bridges, Peter Stormare, Tilda Swinton, Josh Brolin, Billy Bob Thornton, M.M. M. Walsh, John Polito, Michael Badalucco, everybody. Never heard of any of them. <laughs>
2: That's a hell of a list, isn't That's it? That's a hell of Let's a list. Let's be honest. Yep.
1: Goodness me. Uh, we also did the big interview this month with Kate Blanchett. You may have heard of her. She's quite good. I think she may go places. Hmm. No. No? You don't? You don't no. really disagree? Doesn't ring a bell. Um, <laughs> we also have the story of Captain EO, the Michael Jackson...
0: We do. The story of Captain EO.
1: ...project. I'm not quite sure how to put that. And a look back at... Train spotting.
0: But not just any look back at train spotting, Helen. A look back at train spotting written by Irving Welsh himself. That is true. Which is uh fantastic. Train spotting's twenty years old. Oh god. This year.
2: Don't look at me like that. I was alive. Were you? Yeah. Barely.
0: Okay. <laughs> mm. Were you an animatronic baby crawling across the ceiling?
2: That that was me.
0: Okay. There you go. Train spotting. Famously, of course, given Tookie's Turkey by Chris Tookie of the Daily Mail at the time. Uh, <laughs> But held by everyone else as a, a classic is given the the anniversary treatment in this month's issue. And there's tons of other things in there. There's there the are. Usual, usual things that you know and love. Pint of Milk this month is Lily James. There's great reviews. Uh, there's all sorts of great things.
1: Well, I edited the reviews this month, people, so they're going to be particularly So you know good. they're good. Yeah.
0: You, you know they're going to be good. We also have the first look at Tarzan, The Legend of Tarzan, which is coming out later in the year. Stanley Tucci is this month's Best of Times, Worst of Times, which is where actors, writers and directors talk about the best and worst moments of their career. Oh Hell's, yes, I did that. It was Hells spells did that. <laughs> you spoke to the tooch. You got the tooch. I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tooch me, tooch me. Um, <laughs> I did not say that I, during no. the conversation, just to be uh, clear. Uh, Eli Roth writes for us exclusively about the, the influences that uh, in- influenced... Cannibal Holocaust, we have a report on Eddie the Eagle uh, with Taron Egerton and Matthew Fawn and talking about that movie and Dexter Fletcher and all sorts of stuff. You know, it's a very good issue of the world's greatest movie magazine. Priced just £4.50 in all good and evil news agents. So do check it out if you can, because got to eat. <laughs> and then we're going to finish off the news section with a sad farewell this week to the the great Abe Vigoda, who died this week at the age of 94 Known, I think, most in this country for playing Tessio in The Godfather back in the seventies, when uh, you know he he took advantage of the fact that he, like man, like Max von Sydow, I think, looked ancient beyond his years. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so he he's ninety four now. I um, just read in here in the uh, obituary of him that People Magazine in nineteen eighty two listed him as the late Abe Pagoda in a story about Barney Miller which he was very famous for in the States and he responded with a full page advert in Friday showing him in a coffin <laughs> magazine <laughs> which is amazing um, he was also in the likes of Cannibal Run 2 Look Who's Talking Joe vs. the Volcano and all sorts of stuff very but for me it's Tessio he's just fantastic in that movie mm. which is one of the great supporting performances in that film Uh 94 A Ripe Old Innings as yes, they say absolutely. so Abe Pagoda, who passed away this week okay, let's have a guest. Shall we have a guest? Let's do it. let's have a guest.
1: can we have like a really awesome guest like can we
2: have one of my favorite actors today? I feel like that's overdue. And could we combine this with one of my favorite actors? Is there a way to make yeah someone that we both person, like
0: person, maybe?
1: yeah like someone who's like really at home in little indie movies but mm-hmm. also is the Hulk. Oh,
0: that's very specific. Okay, so uh, Eric (laughs) Banner,
1: Like an Eric Banner, like an Edward Norton, like one of those guys. Like one of those.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So our guest this week is Eric Banner. Hang on, sorry. No, he's just been replaced by Edward Norton. So our guest this week is Edward... No, wait a second. No, our guest this week is Mark Ruffalo. Hey! There we go. Uh, (laughs) Who um, has... (laughs) As you can tell uh, Is uh, is, uh, is beloved of Helen and Emma uh, He brings intelligence And what Helen has insisted I say Is a pepper haired professorial sexiness <sighs> To roles <laughs> as diverse As Super magic Cop In Now You See Me
2: <laughs> Super-
0: <laughs> Magic Cop Was that
1: his, his yes, name? Yes oh, okay.
0: And Super Scientist Man In The Avengers mm. And of course, you can forget him as super crusading cop in David Fincher's Zodiac. This week, he stars as a crusading journalist in Spotlight, a role for which he's been Oscar nominated. He is, of course, Mark Ruffalo, as you've already said. And we sent along our very own one man, Woodward and Bernstein, Phil DeSimlion, to talk to him about uh, that movie, about the mooted Columbo reboot and all sorts. Enjoy.
3: Thrilled and delighted to be joined by Mark Ruffalo on the Empire podcast. Thanks, a huge, a huge favourite of us at Empire. Um, Thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. Um, First of all, uh, just to put this into context, you're playing Michael. I'm going to get this pronunciation of this so wrong. Resen- Resend- Resendis of the Boston Globe That's right. um, in the Oscar-nominated spotlight, yes. which is a cracking
4: piece of work. Thank you.
3: Um, you've just received your third Oscar nomination for this, so yes. obviously congratulations. Thank you. Has does, Michael- that, does that
4: equal an Oscar when you re- when you get three if Oscar you get nominations? Three, yeah, I think you <laughs> get to like- keep something. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I think of it. Do you, have, do you have a stash of goodie bags from previous Oscars? I do (laughs) They don't put the They they sort of put the rejects From all the stores in there No Yes, it's a little bit like that Really?
3: I interviewed Jennifer Lawrence once And she told me that she won a holiday to Or was given a holiday to Belize I didn't get that You haven't had a holiday to Belize Was that for a
4: nomination or for winning? I think it was for it, It was for Winter's Bone Oh, wow. Like, so it was a yeah, first think, nomination. Yeah, I think as time has gone, uh, I mean, listen, there, there's crunch. some great stuff in there. Yeah, there's, there's really some great stuff in the, in those things. I have a bag full of stuff that I give to people when they come to my house.
3: Do you? So if you come around to the Ruffalo's house, you get like yeah. an, Oscar, an Oscar giveaway. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so have you had a text from, from Michael himself? Because I know that you know the man pretty well now.
4: Mike Resendiz? Yes. Oh, yeah. What yeah. did he say? he's he's like my man congratulations you deserve it um so happy yeah he's become a good friend of mine Okay, yeah, he's, so he's
3: quite polite on text, then not sort of gruff journalist. no no, 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 he's very polite. you sat down with him early on, yeah, and he's talked about this. you went to his house, yeah, he said the way he depicts it, you went to his house, sat down, got an iPhone out, started recording, and just started asking him personal questions <laughs> yeah how would what was your first personal question? What kind of stuff did you want to know straight away
4: uh, I wanted to. Well, I, I had spoken to him several times on the phone, so I, I, I and that was more about the the, the case, you yes, know, the the topic that we we're talk about. But I wanted to know more about who he was, what his relationship was to Catholicism. Was he a Catholic? You know what his relationship was to the story you know how he got along with the other journalists okay. those were all the things I just wanted to really get an understanding of who he was so they weren't that personal you weren't asking him like when he lost his virginity or no not, no <laughs> not <laughs> like that no but I did ask him about his wife which okay. she didn't want to talk about oh, really you know um yeah, he didn't he didn't want her to be part of the story. You know, people people like him don't want to talk about their personal lives, no, you know. No. It's just like we don't like to talk about our personal lives that much. But it just felt so essential to the guy, you know. I I I I I sensed there was something his attitude towards the Catholic Church you know his work ethic. There, there was some. there's a pulse inside the, the writing that, that that wasn't just about the story. That had a, a personal nature to it, and that's what I was after. And that made him uncomfortable. Journalists don't famously <laughs> like talking about the. They like to ask the questions. Yes, don't he me. likes asking the questions.
3: Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you a specific question about a specific scene. The its time sequence yeah. scene in the film. It's incredibly powerful. Yeah. Um, I don't know if are you an actor that, that minds watching yourself. I have a very hard time watching myself I was going to say because sometimes especially when you're Oscar nominated there's a scene that's pulled out of a film yes, and you that, go on a chat show and you see it, and over. You see it over
4: and over and over again <laughs>
3: Yes, do you, and, and you must start to pick up like things you know things uh, that you're not happy with how, uh, how do you feel about that scene now it's a great scene I mean that's thanks. a really powerful piece thanks. of acting
4: thank you thanks I uh I, I can tolerate it now, uh, but but the first few times that I, I see myself, I, I I only see where I where I missed the mark, you know, where I where it could have been better or more realized or fuller or you know more nuanced, have more geography in it. Uh, so How do you I'm always working. Just the emotional geography you know the where it where it goes and the imagery that's that you're working off of inside yourself you know that that gives it just gives it more nuance and shading and um especially in a scene like that where it just becomes so emotional so quickly you always want to look for that kind of surprising thing that that thing that that shifts it in a way or 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 doesn't doesn't hit it directly head on I, I don't know Mm. how to talk about it, really, but it's just shading, you know? How did he feel about the haircut? (laughs) (laughs) Tom Tom said to me, he's like, buddy, you got an Oscar nomination through that haircut. (laughs) He's like, that's the real feat, man. (laughs) So if you win, you have to thank the hair.
3: (laughs) Exactly. He's like, I can't
4: believe you got an Oscar nomination with that haircut. (laughs) But that was Mike's
3: haircut at the time, you know? Um, Tom McCarthy the director who does a great job he's kind of an, almost an unseen hand he's not, it's not a Tom McCarthy film in that sense he was famously in the season 5 of The Wire playing right. the anti-Mike in some ways that's right did, you, did that come up in conversation with him?
4: well it came up in his understanding of journalism and his love for journalism and it was informed by his work on that, on The Wire. And I know that, uh, you know, the, the creators of that show really, they're journalists and they have a, they hold it in very mm-hmm. high regard. And so I think Tom came to this with that, with that kind of attitude
3: towards it. Um, I was tickled to discover that Michael Keaton hadn't, I don't think he Birdman come out when you started working on this one. It had, um, oh, it had come out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> did you have any conversations about you? You, the two of you have both done great underpants work in movies. <laughs> oh really? Well, you of course did uh, it. Yes, in, and he
4: did it in Birdman. He did it in Birdman, it and you Turn- did it in
3: Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hadn't ha- thought I about it, that. That hadn't come up in conversation.
4: <laughs> no, that didn't come up. Uh, nice underwear work, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the, gonna bring that up today, though. When you I should, see
3: you him. <laughs> should. definitely mention that. Um, I did
4: say to him. So we we were we were. Her- First, and it was really the first time that I met Michael, and we were rehearsing. And uh, and I and I said we we'd walked out of rehearsal. I was like, "Hey, where are you going? I'm going over here." It's about ten blocks. So he's like, "Oh, that's on my way. I'll walk you." So we start walking, yeah. and I say to him, "Hey, man, um, I, you know, I've been a big fan of yours for such a long time, and and this kind of renaissance that you're having is amazing. I mean, this kind of..." Um, You know, this kind of reemergence. And he said, uh, really? I didn't know I went away. <laughs> what do you say to that? I don't know. I still had nine blocks to walk with them, man. It was it was very. Oh, I, I was like, no, no, no. You're right. Of course, of course. I mean, you haven't gone away at all. But I mean, you know, oh, it was, oh. it, was a, it was a it was a very uncomfortable
3: moment. <laughs> he must have really, he must have known what you were driving at, though. I mean, he has had.
4: I mean, it's amazing yeah. what he's doing and i think actors you know this you kind of have these ebbs and flows you know these kind of mm. these moments where you're you're in your Glory, kind of. You, you really are like cracking, yeah. and then uh, moments where you're not. You know, he must. He sounds like he's got a like a
3: contract a line in his contract that says he has to work with people that have played the Hulk. Obviously, with Ed Norton. <laughs> oh, yes, he has. So, uh, and now you. It all gets a bit meta because it, you know it, he, the Birdman's about you know having played a superhero and then discovering you are reconnected with your artistic credibility and such like. But yes. you seem to have done a thing with with the Hulk where you're able to satisfy both those things. You know, so I read a description of him as like an indie, an indie Hulk. Yeah. Um, that, that's and you're acting and you're bringing, you know, the, the motion capture, performance capture stuff that you've done with Andy Serkis and the yeah. work as Bruce Banner. And I know you were nervous when you started the the process. How do you feel about it now?
4: I feel good. And I feel like we're at a little bit of an advantage with these kinds of movies than, than maybe the original Batman. You know, we it's 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 trying to be more nuanced. They, they, they're they using indie actors. um, to, to do these movies They they take a lot of input from us You know, I feel like I love acting I love it in all its different Manifestations it, it's like kind of another style that like, mm. you know, I come from the theater where you, where there is no boundaries of the kind of style you're doing. You know, one you're doing Moliere, then you're doing Chekhov and then you're doing Arthur Miller, you know, yes. it's like in a season Yes, and no one bats an eye. No one's like, <laughs> Oh, he only does Chekhov or he only does Moliere, you know? <laughs> and, and so yeah. like that attitude is how I look at movies too. And um, and uh, I just feel like those movies kind of and people with people like Joss Whedon, mm. you can explore these characters in ways that you normally wouldn't be acceptable in that yeah. genre. And so I just think it's a different time, and I think we get, can do much more interesting things than than they could when these things first launched.
3: Yeah, so the the area, but the space between an indie and a superhero movie is has become blurder. The whole, the whole. Yeah.
4: So when I started. when I started in this business where I actually was working, it was 97, 98 with You could Count On Me. And at that point, an independent movie was an independent Mm. movie and a studio movie was a studio movie. And in that time, from then till now, I've just seen this kind of hybrid grow out. Studio movies are looking more like independent movies and independent movies are looking more like studio movies. And I think... Our cinema is better ultimately because of it.
3: Well, Marvel in particular made really interesting directorial choices. And Joss Whedon is someone that he's just very funny. His scripts are hilarious. Yes. So that's a good starting point. Yes. Taika Waititi, who's doing Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Um, what We Do in the Shadows. Yes. Uh, i, I, I love take that. It you've seen it. Yeah, it's, of course. It, it's, it's amazing. Do you have a, a favorite moment at the Swear Wolves, Not Werewolves? Or?
4: <laughs> yeah. I, I love when, they, when they're just floating, uh, you know, threatening one another. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just think that that's. It, it's It's genius. I mean and it's so funny. I'm really excited to see what we're gonna do with this. I I you know, there's a little bit of midnight run kind of uh with Grodin and De Niro, yes, they, 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 I feel like that's kind of where we're headed with with this relationship between Thor and Banner.
3: It's an amazing. That's a great movie to reference, it's, it's a,
4: and I, I think that's what we're going for. Is, is
3: it a road movie in that sense?
4: It it, it is a, a universal road movie. Is where we're headed. Right. You know, it's 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 not it's it's because they're. It's not where you think it would be. No, and so it isn't a classic road movie, but it has the the that kind of structure. I think. Does Bannister? I haven't read it yet. But no. this is what we're talking about.
3: Do, will you? Will you? Are you looking forward to going to Asgard? The 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 sort of glamour heart of the MCU.
4: Hell's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love Chris. Yeah, and uh, and I it's not an accident that we're being put together because yes. we, we have a good time together and we we goof off and i know and, and I know the fact that we're moving towards you know yes this more comedic bent is plays into kind of our relationship you know
3: i, I interviewed the pair of you together on on camera <laughs> yes, for, you did. for for um yeah Avengers the <laughs> first yes, one and yes. there was a lot of chat about about Donkey Don Quixote <laughs> 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 Hulk has a donkey wants a donkey or a turtle
4: yeah, yeah, any, Donkey Odie any developments Odie. on the
3: donkey front since
4: then? <laughs> no, no 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 that was that was Hulk, that was uh, Avengers 1 we've moved on to other things now
3: it's funny because I asked you about the idea of a Hulk movie and something that jo- um, Kevin Feige has talked about yeah. he's referred to he gets asked it a lot you get asked it a yeah. lot um, and you said it's something that you would be interested in doing if it you know if that's the way the universe went yeah so far no word on it no. anything changed from your point of view? do you think there's still time for that for you
4: well i don't know it depends on how old of a hulk they <laughs> want to see you know um do they want to see like the gray chest-haired hulk i don't see it anytime on the on the immediate horizon i mean no one's talking about that there's uh you know there's some bright issues with the you know with the with the with that character yeah. Universal owns that character so there's nothing we could really do with it anyway right so that makes it that makes a Hulk movie prohibitive no that makes sense <laughs> but we have a good arc that we're starting in Thor 3 that will carry out all the way to um, Avengers 4 right uh, that I've you know I think is is exciting I'm excited to, to, to play it and um, and I think you know with those three movies put together, it'll feel like a Hulk movie. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So people are going to cut it together now and
3: make a Hulk movie.
4: That would be a great idea because there's a there's a continuity that we're looking towards oh, okay. achieving that, that that Banner and Hulk have an arc that starts in Thor. Well, it started in Avengers One, but is carrying all the way through to uh, Avengers Four.
3: Wow, that's nice to look forward to. Well, you you and Robert Downey Jr. famously science bros. Do yes. you and Hemsworth have a have a nickname in mind? maybe muscle buddies or I don't know <laughs> muscle <laughs> bros
4: like muscle bros I can only imagine what's gonna yeah, come that's what out of that <laughs> <laughs> there'll be there'll, tomorrow there'll be a whole new meme we'll be seeing some, some fan art yeah. coming out with me you know yeah, Mark, massaging Chris Hemsworth or something like that <laughs> Mark you may want to stay off the internet for just a few
3: months yes, if you can um, I've been dying to say this just one more thing yeah um, Colombo uh Speaking of the internet, it's another project that the internet wants to make happen so badly. yes i know um any any advances any more conversations i know it was a bit of a it came from sort of an idea on twitter or the yes ether. has yeah. there ever been a serious meeting that you've had about that that idea. Um,
4: gary witta start, started this thing and uh yeah it's become a, it's become a twitter sensation columbolo is what we call it <laughs> um you know, it's funny. Steve Golan, uh, who produced this and produced the, the Revenant, uh, said to me the other night, "You know, you 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 could play Columbo." And I said, "You know, it's funny because Gary Whitta has already started an online campaign to have me play Columbo." And he and Steve's like, "I'm going to look into the rights. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's going <laughs> to happen one day." <laughs> my dad actually out of the blue just the other day didn't know anything about this he doesn't you know he, he's not surfing the internet and um but he said to me uh he sent me a text he's like you know who you should play you should play Columbo. that's your academy award no doubt about it so he doesn't think you're gonna win for spotlight uh, probably not. <laughs> Um, not when you're up against Rocky
3: <laughs> that's that's a tough one you're right yeah. um, Spotlight is out in cinemas this week and it's really terrific Thanks. and you are terrific in it thank Thanks. you so much for taking the time to It'd chat great out. talking to you Thanks. appreciate it
0: now Helen you weren't allowed into that room <laughs> I'll be honest and I wasn't in the room either uh, which is a shame because I would have just asked nothing about Columbo questions
1: you would have you would have had minutes. to go, just one more thing. Just one more thing. Well, that was my plan. My plan was to go
0: in, start with just one more thing. And he'd be like amiable. It would be like the traditional Columbo bad guy. Sure. Dynamic, where he'd be going, oh, <laughs> yes, I will entertain you, you, you amusing, strange little man. And then by the end, he's like, no, Lieutenant, oh, I should have you thrown off the force.
1: I thought you were going to suggest that by the end, he'd hulk out. Yes, yeah, so I thought. No, I just that's,
2: went British.
0: So going, that's that's special that
1: I actually watched him in Infinitely Polar Bear on the plane. So, um, so excited to wow. is so good,
0: yeah On the plane On the
1: plane, yeah hasn't, hasn't been out here yet <laughs> No um, But it was the one he was uh, nice. Golden Globe nominated for Um yeah. And he is very good in it
0: Wow What airline? A- American Okay So if you want to see Infinity Polar Bear*, <laughs> You can So for the, the price of Just a, an air ticket Which yeah. is about Five, six hundred quid I mean, I guess, sure Yeah If, yeah. You're, if you're a Ruffalo completist <laughs> Which Helen is Ruffalo
2: Ruffalo Ruffalo yeah, a ruffalologist.
0: A ruffalologist. If you're a ruffalologist, then you can, like Helen is. I mean, Helen needs just one more ruffalo to complete her set. <laughs> the actual ruffalo. Okay, so that's us uh, shed the frivolity and talk about a very serious subject, which is Tom McCarthy's Spotlight, mm. which is Oscar-nominated, BAFTA-nominated, all sorts of things nominated. It tells the story of the true story of the investigation by the Boston Globe's crack spotlight team uh, into systematic child abuse in the Catholic Church in Boston over a period of many years. This took place, the investigation took place in the late 90s, early 2000s and brought a lot of horrible stuff to light, not just in Boston, but around the world. Uh, Fantastic cast, fantastic film, I'm going to say. Helen?
1: Yeah, it is. Um, This is, it's one of those films that's kind of a hard sell. It sounds like it's going to be a real tough watch and in in some ways it is but at the same time I think it's ultimately very optimistic and and quite life-affirming except for a journalist like us because it really does make us question our life choices and wonder if we shouldn't be doing something more important anyway this is the story of the Boston Globe so as the the story begins the new editor Marty Barron who's played by Liev Schreiber has come in and, is, and everyone's a bit on, on edge as you always are when a new editor starts are they going to be a complete psychopath or are they going to be Terry who is obviously wonderful hi boss and yeah, in this case in the room at the moment which is really weird <laughs> in this case it is very much more the latter he's, he's a, a seriously competent guy and he says well hang on there's this tiny report in this other newspaper that a lawyer for victims of clergy abuse says that the Catholic Church has been covering this up if that's true we need to know about it. Why aren't we on this? Why aren't we investigating this? And and basically everyone on staff is a bit sceptical. They're like, well, there's nothing there. It would have come to light. Nobody would be able to cover this up for so long. And also this is a Catholic town. This is not something that's going to win friends and, and you know influence people around town. It's a big risk to take this on he basically says, I don't care, do it. And the Spotlight team get going. They're led by Michael Keaton as uh, Walter Robbie Robinson. And his team includes Rachel McAdams, Mark Ruffalo, and Brian Darcy James. And they Mm -hmm. essentially go to work over quite a long period of time to gather reports from the victims, to follow the paper trail and uncover actual evidence of wrongdoing, and generally try and bring the truth to light. And it's, it's, you know, this is a film completely devoid of action, unless you count running for the photocopier. Literally, that's the action scene. And it's a very downplayed. It's very subtle. It's a lot of people sitting in rooms with rolled up shirt sleeves beside tall stacks of paper. It's that kind of film. But if you're a fan of, you know, sort of Aaron Sorkian, kind of thinky, intelligent drama of good characters doing... trying to do good work then this is absolutely one for you. It's a fantastic film in that in that sense.
0: Agreed. Four stars for, <laughs> for Spotlight.
1: Yeah, I nearly went five. Um, oh, I wrote, I wrote that review, yeah. yes. I, I did nearly go five. I just feel like it's it might... There, there are people who aren't going to like it just because it's not going to be their sort of thing, so four felt maybe a bit more...
2: Yeah, I would go slightly higher, personally. Yeah, no. For me, it's a, it's a five-star thing. It is such an understated film, as you said, and for a lot of people, there's no way it will scream Oscars. But I can't... I can't fault it mm. and yeah the story's horrific but the cast sort of tread that fine line of letting the subject matter do the talking yeah I think and,
0: um, it's a fascinating yeah. uh, choice I think that McCarthy makes interesting enough he played a bad journalist in yes. The Wire season mm. 5 so is this him atoning for that I mean, <laughs> this you know, is him making is up it. it also him uh, atoning for the cobbler because in the States <laughs> in particular so the cobbler is the Adam Sandler movie in which a man a cobbler finds that he can <laughs> literally step into people's shoes and become them and Tom McCarthy, who's a fantastic writer director, yeah. So win win, Station Agent, a Visitor, all sorts of films. You know those films, great, lovely humanistic touch. Made the Cobbler, and it was a load of cobblers. And in the same year as as that came out in the states, sort of spotlights. We we have a that's what they call a comeback. That is what they call a comeback. That's a win win. Uh, so this is a, a very interesting decision to focus purely on the investigation. Yeah the insidiousness of what transpired and what was covered up gradually comes to light. We discover things as the spotlight team discover them. There aren't scenes of evil priests being evil or the the church covering stuff up. We meet church officials and operatives throughout the film, Mm -hmm. but it's always through the spotlight team's eyes. And it's a true ensemble piece. I would say Mm -hmm. Keaton probably has the lead, but it really is spread very very efficiently throughout the, throughout the, the rest of the cast yeah. uh, Ruffalo is very very good personally for me I thought Liev Schreiber was the, the most impressive performance in the movie I thought he was absolutely fantastic I love um, him in
1: this movie a lot
0: as as Marty Baron but the, the, the conversation the Oscar conversation always seemed from the early stage to be about Ruffalo who has yeah. impressive... He's very good, and he has impressive scenes of grandstanding, which the other ones don't yeah. really get. But, um, it's- I,
1: I'm almost a little bit disappointed by the, that. I mean, I feel like this should be a shoe-in for the SAG, because if you're talking about an ensemble, mm-hmm. this is the best true ensemble in years. Yeah. Um, because nobody, you know, if, it doesn't feel like anybody's really grasping for the spot, the spotlight. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm ironically and the, the only thing is like I do feel like Ruffalo I think because his character is the sort of fiery passionate one yeah. has these slightly more grandstanding scenes as you say and I, I think it's almost a shame that Oscar has gone for that it just felt like it felt obvious it felt like that's the one they're going to yeah. nominate it does yeah. feel
0: sometimes that Oscar and you know we can't really have an insight into the mindset of Oscar voters but it almost does feel like they go oh there's no Oscar clip there's no Oscar clip there. I mean, what are we going to show? Mm. What are we going to show when the when he gets nominated? And for example, Keaton doesn't really have a big moment. They uh, have Schreiber, who plays a very a very internalized man, very smart man. Uh, he doesn't have the big moment either for example I'm thinking a few years ago Robert Redford for All Is Lost I love that film I thought he was amazing in it just not an Oscar just not an Oscar clip in that
1: I mean I do feel like this is a big problem with the whole well I mean we could get into all the many many Mm -hmm. (laughs) the many problems with the award season but one of them is the fact that they don't reward understatement they don't reward internality and, and I think there's something to be said for it I mean it's I think it's great that, for example, Saoirse Ronan is nominated this year for Brooklyn, but I don't know if she'll get it just because, again, that's very internal and it's very understated. And you can see exactly what's going on with her character through her eyes, but it's not necessarily in her face or in her voice.
2: Yeah, they uh, they did nominate McAdams. They did, and that... Which is, again, I don't mean to... <laughs> I keep saying I don't mean to be harsh, but that was a... Yeah, really? Yeah, she's I mean, she's great, but but that... She is. You know, is, is a very... Which, again, it's a nice thing, as we said, they don't reward subtlety. Yeah. So that's... A really nice thing to yeah, see. Yeah, maybe we should be be welcoming that. Yeah,
0: yeah we, we've taken a strange sidetrack uh, and <laughs> <laughs> we seem to be uh, lamenting the nominations of performances we really like, the <laughs> film we really like uh, so we're not doing that we're, you know, very deserving uh, nominees but I, for, for me I think Liev Schreiber was the biggest surprise in this movie. I also want to give a shout out to poor Brian Darcy James uh, <laughs> who plays Matt Carroll who is a integral part of the Spotlight team. He is the guy Who's not famous enough to be on the poster besides all the other famous people. So you have the spotlight poster and he'll be there front and centre because he's part of the team. And the first shot of the, uh, you know, every publicity shots you see of the team, he will be there. Yeah. He's the guy with the moustache. He's a Broadway star in the States, but mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. evidently not famous enough.
1: He's been in Hamilton. He's been in <laughs> yeah.
0: Hamilton. Well, there you go. I rest my case. <laughs> But he's still not famous enough to be on the promotional material. So you get Ruffalo, Keaton, Rachel McAdams, Leo Schreiber, John Slattery and Stanley Tucci. But poor Brian Darcy James. There he is on the poster, all dressed up and nowhere to go. Yeah. So he's very, very good in the movie and gets, yes. a, a, gets a nice big thread in the movie as well because uh, there, there's things that hit close to home for him. So go on, go on, BDJ. <laughs> go, f- go for it Yay! Uh, also for very quick shout out to Spotlight is one of the front runners in the new breed of movie that has an amazing cast that have almost exclusively played superheroes as well Yes. so it's not just it's not just Mark Ruffalo It's the Hulk It's not just Michael Keaton It's Batman It's not just Rachel McAdams It's whoever she's going to play in Doctor Strange (laughs) Because they're not releasing the name of her character yet Which is ridiculous It's not just the F. Schreiber It's Sabretooth It's not just John Slattery It's Howard Stark And it's not just Stanley Tucci It's Doctor Abraham Erskine This Um, new phenomenon. Billy up as well yeah. yes yeah. of course Dr. Manhattan it's um... don't Billy Green up. what the hell's going on it's
2: crazy isn't it actually
0: so there you go for that reason we're going to give it an extra star five stars for spotlight I was
1: probably harsh I should have gone five
0: don't be harsh on yourself. Uh, there will be a full investigation in a few years' time. <laughs> <Thanks>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they can by, be harsh on me. By a
0: team of crusading journalists, not idiots who give a tactical lens five stars. Right. Let's move on to something else. Four stars for Spotlight. Let's talk about what we're we going to talk about. Let's talk about Michael Bay's 13 Hours Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, uh, which is a very slash typical, but also atypical. Michael Bayfield. <laughs> atypical,
1: yes. Yeah, atypical. atypical. It's
0: atypical and also atypical.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. So this is a reenactment of the attacks on the US diplomatic outpost at Benghazi in Libya. And it's told from the perspective of the the guards. Basically, there's a six-man team who are, who are meant to be guarding this outpost. And it's basically sort of their story. Now, this is a kind of dialed-down Michael Bay I mean by anyone else's standards this is a huge action movie by his standard, (laughs) it's the tiny piece he does between huge action movies
0: Yeah, I think he shot Um, it over a weekend didn't he?
1: (laughs) pretty much yeah really he got in a really good cast so you've got the lovely John Krasinski as uh, our sort of focus he's an ex-SEAL turned security officer called Jack Silva and he's the guy who kind of arrives in Benghazi and is picked up to join this team so we kind of see it through his eyes as the newcomer coming in he is uh, working with Tyrone Woods who's played by the always great James Badgdale, and The two of them are sort of settling in when basically, you know, all these Millicents start attacking. Now, this is a film, I think Michael Bay is trying to be a bit more thoughtful here. And, you know, like he did with uh, Pain and Gain, he's trying to tell a different kind of story in some ways. It was thoughtful.
0: He used words thoughtful and Pain and Gain in the same sentence. It
1: was thoughtful compared to some. Anyway, but... It's still so Michael Bay. So like, unlike something like American Sniper, which I think, again, is a bit of a model for him, you don't get any of those moments of stillness to get to know these guys as characters. They are still just mostly action men. And Mm. in that sense, they're very convincing. And in the sense of having a huge... Battle for basically the second half of the film. It is, you know, if that's your thing, you will enjoy this. I think the problem for me, and maybe this is me bringing some stuff to it that I I maybe shouldn't, but this is a huge political football in the US, this issue of the Benghazi attack and what happened there. And by trying to ostensibly strip it of political significance and, you know, do the whole, oh, we're just focused on the men on the ground thing. You can't do that. It it still has all of those political overtones and everything else. And so it feels like a slightly disingenuous film simply by by existing in the way that it does and by trying to treat these guys as as heroes without giving any context to, to the wider questions around them and, and the wider issues of why it happened. So as a battle movie... As a story of tough guys being really tough and going through hell, this is very, very convincing and very, you know, it is compelling. I mean, mm. he he does direct action extraordinarily well. As anything else, as a character drama and certainly as a political drama, it is not so good. So, you know, this could have been a very nuanced and a very in, interesting and thoughtful film. Instead, it's kind of war porn. Um, as Tony said in our review, so we gave it three stars, and and that's probably about right, I would say.
0: Three stars in for thirteen hours, uh, which is not the actual running time. How, how long is <laughs> it? It's about two hours.
1: It's about the same. Yeah.
0: yeah, the Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, otherwise known as Jim from the Office goes to war. That's a movie you got to watch.
1: <laughs> he he does look good with a, with a beard.
0: Does he look at the camera?
1: And wearily,
0: in the middle of, <laughs> of gunfights, does he just go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just did a look to camera on a on a podcast. I don't know why I did that. that.
2: We we prepare myself for
0: the uh, the Deadpool spoiler special. (laughs)
2: All
0: right, so three hours in, three three hours for for, uh, thirteen stars. The Secret (laughs) Soldiers of Benghazi. And last but not least, this week in the big reviews section, Paolo Sorrentino's Youth. And for this week, turn to our youth correspondent, the youthful (laughs) Emma Thrower.
2: Thank you, Chris. Yes, so the lovely Phil reviewed this for us and just taking his little opening gambit. Retired composer Fred Ballinger, Michael Caine, he whiles away his days in an Alpine hotel in the company of a filmmaker, Harvey Keitel, a Hollywood star, Paul Dano, and Europe's Wealthy. But a visit from his daughter, Rachel Weiss and the Queen's Emissary jolts him from his life of comfort. I absolutely adore this film. Oh, I wonder what you know um, to with
0: that. I really... You left a pause. <laughs> and I was just intrigued. He was like, I absolutely... I didn't know what you were going to say next.
2: Well, shall I tell you why?
0: Right. Yes. Yeah, that's how we would work.
2: Michael Caine is this really revered, amazing composer who's best known for his Simple Songs, which the main theme is actually Oscar-nominated this year and is really, really beautiful.
0: Did he write it himself?
2: Michael Caine did not write that himself, I'm afraid. I
0: don't write Oscar-nominated scores. <laughs> I don't do it
2: he's out there at this lovely hotel and due to personal reasons he's not performing anymore but he's asked to perform for the Queen and him and Harvey Keitel as he's battling with his demons and working out you know if he should do it they sort of have this reflective journey and it's really 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 interesting really probably the best thing Kane's done for so long he's next level good in this film and then Jane Fonda comes in for about five minutes and takes the whole thing to church so (laughs) she's amazing in this but the film, you know, as I just said, she comes in, she does this thing. You've got the really reflective thing of Kytel and Kane. So it's got a really weird mishmash of tones. It's really, really funny at times. Mm-hmm. It's also completely self aware. And that worked for me. And there's also some little developments you don't see coming, which is obviously very welcome. But it has one of the oddest cameos of the year, which is amazing. It has one of the best costumes of the year, which is also ridiculously amazing mm-hmm. and one of the best songs of the year but I'm not good, I don't want to spoil any of that because the best costume comes from Paul Dano and it has to be seen to believed and once you've seen it you won't be able to shake it and you're going to want him to play this person very very soon but I just found myself so swept up in it I think maybe being a musical person made me more fascinated and I think that does help your appreciation of the film to an extent but I just think it's so beautiful some of the more unconventional strokes in their sort of cane conducts nature which uh, sounds odd but it's, it's quite pretty uh, it won't sit right with everyone but if you indulge it and get completely on board I think it's I think it's really beautiful
0: there we go yeah Indeed.
2: now Phil reviewed this yes and he, he saw it again and he regretted his star rating this is what I was gonna say yeah so the Empire star rating is three yeah but it's a four it's a four and Phil <laughs> I was gonna say yeah Phil saw it again and yeah we actually saw it together the first time but he, he was like I, I think I think I like it more now it's grown on me yeah. But yeah, I don't think it's hard to shake. And, you know, just, just one more point that some recent films, musical films like Quartet and that sort of thing, you're always building up to this big moment and you're looking forward to seeing the people play and it never, ever happens. Mm. But Kane really gets this crescendo here and that's really rewarding and I found it really, really moving. And please sit through the credits. You always should, but this time, please sit through the credits because it's such a beautiful <gasps> song. Does Nick Fury turn up at the end? I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get <laughs> too far into it, but Paul Dano may get recruited.
0: <gasps> wow.
2: But um, you for know, what? wait, wait, and wow. see it for yourself—the musical okay. Avengers. <laughs> so either way, it's a recommendation. Oh my goodness, yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah, yeah, either three or four stars. That seems pretty good to me. Yeah. Okay. So that is youth, and that's the the big review section <laughs> sorted out. Uh, also out this week is the Robert De Niro, Sac Efron, Aubrey Plaza comedy, Dirty Grandpa, in which Robert De Niro plays a dirty grandpa. And uh, we gave that two stars. The consensus from the rest of the internet seems to be that that might be even generous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Uh, but there you go. Two stars for Dirty Grandpa. And also out this week is the Chilean miners drama uh, starring Antonio Banderas and Juliette Binoche, The Thirty Three. The Thirty Three. Interesting enough, the film's not great. Two stars for The Thirty Three. But if you are an NCIS completist, and who is want to know what Cote de Pablo has been up to since she left the show as <gasps> Siva yeah well she's in the 33 oh my goodness not as Siva that would, oh, be, that would well. be awesome uh, if you don't know Siva yeah such a record. well if, 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 it, if
1: it had been Siva like she probably would have like caused the mining disaster or something like in <laughs> no, pursuit of some she terrorist she would have saved it and
0: Danosa would have come in and said something movie friendly and quippy oh, and, oh so quippy and the, oh he's such a then quippy then, guy then, Gibbs
1: would have sorted everything out Gibbs
0: good <laughs> reference You've been listening.
1: I know, uh, I'm Right,
0: US. okay. So two stars for the 33, two stars for Dirty Grandpa and that is it for this week's Empire Podcast. Join us next week for more formulated fun. We'll be joined by, hopefully, the star of Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, um, no. <gasps> yes. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Stop objectifying men.
4: What? We were
1: <laughs> oh god. We were just excited about Deadpool. God.
0: Let's just hope that he doesn't break our fourth wall. Because we've just yeah. had it repaired. Yep. <sighs> Until then, it's goodbye from Helen. Toodaloo. It's goodbye from Emma. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. I'm off to find a man that Helen and Emma won't objectify. Hmm. Hmm. I think s- I might you have don't a long search. Yeah. Yeah. I, well,
2: speak for yourself. Speak okay. to the hand,
0: sister. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.